Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host, as always, Daniel Levy. And today we're going to be doing some after the battle and some BFP matchmaking because, as you guys already know, Glover Teixeira went out there and he submitted uh, Tiago Mejeda Santos. I think he punched his ticket uh, to a UFC title shot. So now uh, we got to get right down to business. So thank you guys very much for joining me. As you guys know, uh, today I'm combining both shows. You know, I'm combining after the battle where we recap the fights and then also BFP matchmaking where we match up all the winners and then we set odds for where we think these guys should be lined in their next uh, their next uh, respective fights. And uh, I'm very excited to be here and uh, to be doing this with you all. So thank you all very, very much uh, for joining me. Now, before we get started, as you guys already know, there's a couple things we got to let you all. There's a couple things we got to talk about. Firstly, support for Half the Battle is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And obviously, you guys want to avoid grooming accidents, but not only that, I mean, listen, if you got girls coming over yesterday, today, and tomorrow like I do, you got to make sure that you're well-kept and that you're groomed because there's two things that women talk about when they're hooking up with you and that, in terms of like what they tell their friends. Number one, they talk about uh, how big you are, which is something you can't control. But the second thing, which is something you can control, is they talk about how well-groomed or well-kept you are or how manscaped you are. And that's where uh, this comes in right here because Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer. And the Manscaped engineering team has perfected the, the best ball hair trimmer ever created and just created the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And their third-generation trimmers features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower as well. And one of the coolest features is the LED light. Y'all see this badass LED light? What it does is it illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to 7,000 RPM motor with a quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is convenient and it's powered by USB. And if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com, all caps, BATTLE20. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. One more time, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BATTLE20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And as you guys know, we're running a little promotion right now. You go ahead and you go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code BATTLE20. You send me a screenshot that you use that code BATTLE20. I'm going to go ahead and match that with a Best Five Picks package. So like I said, you spend 39 bucks, I got you on the week. You spend 50 bucks, I got you the next two weeks. You spend 100 bucks, I got you on the month. You spend over 100 bucks, I got you for the rest of the year. All you got to do is send me a screenshot of your order and show me that you use the code BATTLE20, and then I'm going to take care of you. So your balls will thank you. Your bank account will thank you. She'll thank you. So uh, I think it's worth it. So thank you guys very much. Now, let's get right down to business because look, Glover Teixeira, I mean, when you talk about the heart of a line, when you talk about someone that wants to get their UFC title shot, you talk about a guy like Glover Teixeira, who, I mean, it's not like he just went out there, took him down one time, and the fight was over shortly after. This guy had to go through hell to beat Tiago Maheda Santos. And Tiago's considered, I mean, listen, it's not just what I consider him in terms of the actual all-time rankings. He's number two on the all-time list for knockouts in UFC history, okay? The only person ahead of him, I believe, is either Rumble Johnson or Vitor Belfort. So Maheta is right there, number two all-time on the KOs list. But you know who went ahead and broke a record? You know who's not number two? Glover Teixeira. Because Glover Teixeira, now he's number one with the all-time finishes at light heavyweight, and he's number one with the all-time submissions in light heavyweight, excuse me, the most submissions in light heavyweight history. So he surpassed OSP. He surpassed Johnny Bones Jones, Paul Craig, Misha Sirkunov. So Glover, you're in a league of your own now. I think we're talking Hall of Fame now, but listen, the 41-year-old just punched his ticket to another title shot, and I think he, I think it's well-deserved. So what I want to see is Glover Teixeira in there with either Jan Blahovich, the current champion, or if they want to go ahead and do that Izzy fight, and let's say Izzy wins, Izzy versus Glover Teixeira. So those are the only two fights that make sense right now. I saw Alexander Rakic you know, calling him out like, Alex, you turn on a fight with Yuri Prohaska. How are you? How are you trying to call out this guy? You know, it's one of those it's one of those situations where it's like, 
You know, he kind of sees a, uh, oh, this guy's older and he's ranked higher. I can take advantage of that. Well, that's not how it works, Alex. Uh, you got to go to the back of the line now. Now I'm just kidding. But look, Glover's going to fight Jan Blahovich or Izzy Adesanya. I don't want to see any other fight. Now, as far as Matt, as far as lining those fights, I think Jan Blahovich just on the merit that he's the current champion. You know, a slight lean on him, minus 135 for Jan Blahovich. Now, however, if Izzy goes out there and defeats Jan Blahovich and Izzy fights Glover, then I'm thinking maybe minus 275 for Israel Adesanya against Glover Teixeira. But look, it, it, it provided an interesting test for the great Israel Adesanya because, I mean, who's the last guy that was out there really pursuing the takedown, you know, adamantly against a guy like Israel Adesanya? I, re I really don't think there has been too many people doing that. So, I got to say, uh, you know, I just uh, accidentally deleted my whole uh, matchmaking list. Don't worry. That's why we got the undo button. We're all good to go. The show must go on. But listen, I haven't seen too many people go out there and adamantly try to take down uh, Israel Adesanya. And I think that's what Glover Teixeira would do. And Glover takes your back. I mean, there's no guarantee that you're getting out. So I, I want to see that fight with him and Izzy. I want to see the fight with Jan Blachowicz and Glover Teixeira. Let me know. Y'all got another idea for Glover Teixeira? Let me know down below. And also, tell me what you think about those lines I said. Um, I said Jan Blachowicz minus 135 just on the merit that he's the current champion. And I said Israel Adesanya minus 275. I think Izzy is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete at this point. Uh, so let's see. Matt Drucker just said Vittori. Bro, Vittori's in a different weight class. What the fuck are you talking about? But uh Oh, no, he's saying Vittori tried to take down Izzy. Vittori did take down Izzy, um, but that was a long-ass time ago. Let's see what happens if they ran it back. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't even I wouldn't even worry about that shit. And it's not like what I'm saying here is no one's like adamantly trying to get the takedown on uh, on Izzy. Uh, Vittori got it in the third round, but it's not like he was shooting the entire fight. So you know what I'm saying? I, I don't really... Uh, there hasn't been someone who's been relentless with the takedowns against Israel Adesanya. That's what Glover Teixeira would do. So I got to see that fight, but I still line Izzy a big favorite. And man, like we were talking about with that fight between Glover and Santos, I mean, the first round, Santos comes out there throwing some heat and Izzy survived. I mean, excuse me, and Glover survived that shit, man. I mean, he was wobbled bad in that first round, gets the takedown and props to Santos because I thought that that fight was going to be over right away. Then they go in the next round. Uh, Glover does some more work on the ground. But then in that third round, Santos came out like a bat out of hell. He drops Glover Teixeira. He gets on top. He's looking to finish the fight. Now, I need y'all's opinion on this because Santos kind of followed him to the mat. And on one hand, you could look at it like, well, he thought the fight was all but over. He had a rocked opponent. He was going, you know, it was business as usual. He was going to finish the fight. On the other hand, you think, hey, maybe you could have let him back up because you know that Glover's got away with those sweeps. You make one mistake on the mat with Glover and he's going to come out here, you know, take your back like he did and finish the fight. So, yeah, there's a couple different ways to look at that. I'm curious about y'all's opinion. As far as Santos, well, Rakic uh, wanted one of the main event guys. Now he's going to get one of the main event guys. So I want to see Tiago Santos make his return against Alexander Rakic. And I think just based on the fact that, you know, Rakic, uh, you know, put on some nice takedowns against uh, against Anthony Smith and Santos just got choked out. So his stock is kind of down. It'd probably be Rakic about minus 150 in that spot. So that's the fight I want to see. So the options before we move on to the co-main event were Glover versus Jan Blachowicz, Glover versus Israel Adesanya, and Tiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic. Y'all cool with that? I think those are the fights to make. Now, the co-main event, co event of the evening, we had Andre Arlovsky defeating Tanner Bozer via unanimous decision. And props to Andre Arlovsky. I mean, he keeps finding a way to fucking make these fights close, go out there, win these decisions over and over. And even though I personally didn't think he won the fight, I actually kind of scored it for Bozer. I kind of favored his activity, but who gives a shit? I mean, it wasn't like decisive enough where you can sit here and cry robbery. So props to Arlovsky. He got it done. And listen... We're not, we're not, it's going to be all gas, no breaks for Arlovsky because we're not trying to take any easy routes. You're the prospect tester. Well, now it's time to test out some more prospects. You just beat the top Canadian prospect. Well, I got four other prospects for you to test out. 
How about the top American prospect, Greg Hardy? How about the top Moldovan prospect, Alexander Romanov? How about the top UK prospect, Tom Aspinall? And how about the top French prospect, Cyril Gahn? These are the kind of guys I want to see in there with Andre Arlovsky next. So I know it's four options. I know we're only supposed to name one, but who gives a fuck? This is my show. I'll do whatever the hell I want. So four options. He's got to test out these top prospects. So let's line them. Arlovsky versus Greg Hardy. I got Greg Hardy minus 200 in that spot. I know some of y'all disagree because you can't take away your your bias against Hardy and you know all this shit, but get over it. Hardy went the fucking distance with Volkov. Hardy's been improving every fight. Hardy's legit. Let's see Hardy in there with Arlovsky. I'd take Hardy minus 200 in that spot. Alexander Romanov, the top Moldovan prospect. Listen, this kid's relentless, man. I love his takedowns. I love the fact that he knows exactly where he wants the fight to take place. And... uh Give him a chance to work on his stand-up, too. Him and Arlovsky's a good fight. I'm thinking Romanov minus 225. Tom Aspinall. Now, this would be the closest line, just because even though I think Tom Aspinall is a very bright prospect, I, I got to admit that, you know, going from some, no offense, but some French bum <laughs> in uh, Baudot that he just fought to Andre Arlovsky, that's a big step up in competition. But... With the kind of potential that I think uh, Aspinall has, I'd still line him a favorite over Andre Arlovsky. But I'm thinking a little bit more conservative. I'm thinking minus 175 for Tom Aspinall against Andre Arlovsky. And then we got to talk about Cyril Gahn. I think he'd be the biggest favorite out of the bunch. I think the top French prospect in the world right now, Cyril Gahn, I- I think it, I'm thinking minus 305 against Andre Arlovsky. So once again, I got Hardy minus 200 against Arlovsky. I got Romanov minus 225 against Arlovsky. I got Aspinall minus 175 against Arlovsky. And I got Cyril Gane minus 305 against Arlovsky. Y'all can think of some other prospect I left out because I think those are my four favorite heavyweight prospects right now. They all represent different countries. Arlovsky is the prospect tester. So, I mean, listen, I'm done with these fucking... Ben Rothwell or fucking Struve or, you know, Philippe Lynch. Like, fuck all that shit. Let's get him in here, test out some more prospects, and take it from there. And Matt Drucker said, did I say Dacus? No, I didn't say Dacus. Uh, I like Dacus, though. He's been proving himself 2-0 and in the UFC. He's been doing his thing. But I'm talking top prospects right now. So Hardy, Romanov, Aspinall, or Gane, those are my options. And Goldcap says that uh, he says, I'd bet him versus Hardy. Interesting. Well, you'd get dog odds for sure. I'll tell you that much. Now, Hyoni Barcelos. Man, this fucking guy is so damn impressive. He's as well-rounded as they get. And like I told you all going into this fight, you know, I didn't say this after the fact. I said this before the fact. I had him top 10 in my power rankings before this fight with Taha. And I thought Taha's only chance to win this fight would be, you know, a a puncher's chance or, you know, catch him with something. And let me tell you something. In that first round, I know you guys remember when uh, Hione had him hurt with a big shot and Hione's going in there. Hione got excited. Hione's teeing off on him. Hione put his hands down. Hione got rocked with the left hook. I was like, oh, shit. But, man. Hione is so damn good, so well-rounded. He's a top 10 guy right now, like I told you all already. And what I think for Hione, firstly, let's talk about the fight. I got to give Taha a lot of credit, man, because I was thinking one back take and the fight will be over shortly after. Well, guess what, guys? He got his back in that first round, and the fight wasn't over shortly after. I mean, Taha was able to escape all those bad positions. I got to give Taha a lot of credit, man, because if you see some of his fights in the past, I think in Ryzen, he got choked out by some random dude, and he's come a long way. You watch his fight with Nad Naramani, he got held down. You watch his fight with Bruno Silva, he got held down that second round. Taha came to fight, man. Taha is a very exciting guy. He hits like a truck, and he's got the heart. Uh, of a lion. So I like this kid Taha, but Barcelos is a serious talent right now. I mean, Barcelos, serious. Like, look, when you talk about grappling in MMA, for the most part, you either talk about jujitsu or you talk about wrestling. I mean, in some exceptions, you talk about judo, but for the most part, it's either wrestling or jujitsu. And people either have one or the other. They usually don't have both. When you talk about Hayoni Barcelos, not only is he a black belt under his dad, who is a seventh degree black belt, by the way, a Corel belt, which means he's a black and red belt. So you think, hey, it, it ends right there. He's a black belt in jujitsu. That's good enough. He's also a Brazilian wrestling champ, too. 
And then you take it a step further. Like I mentioned on Half the Battle, this is a guy that he went to the boxing gym and all the boxers were like, hey, who's this MMA guy? This guy can fucking bang too. So Hione Barcelos, I said he's a top 10 guy. He might be a top five guy right now. I mean, because I like, think about it. I got him over like Dominic Cruz and, and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to the future Hall of Famer, but I got Barcelos over Cruz right now. If uh, TJ... Uh, inject the shot when he comes back you know let's see how he's looking off the epo i got barcelos over him too but we got to take it in stride because now he's officially cracking the rankings so you know marab called him out well marab you want barcelos you're gonna get barcelos that's what you want well your wish is my command like the genie says so barcelos versus marab is a hell of a fight for me and i want to see that or a little bit of an easier matchup, and I say this with all due respect, but uh, what about Cody Stamen versus Barcelos? Just to get Barcelos' feet wet in uh, in the top 10 of the Bantamweight division. Now, my boy, Will Martin. Shout out to my boy, Will Martin. This is a real motherfucker right here. I fuck with him till the day I die. Actually met him in person in Vegas. Will Martin's my boy, and I know you've been going through some shit, so you know, I got to tip my cap to you and uh, wish you all the best. But he says he matched up Hione with Barboza. Now, don't get me wrong. I like that fight a lot, but actually, I had some other plans for Barboza, which we're going to get to soon. And listen, if the plans that you have for Barcelos and Barboza don't come to fruition, or the plans I have for Barboza don't come to fruition, there's always the Sodiq Yusuf versus Barboza fight that was supposed to happen. And people are like, well, Sodiq pulled out of that fight. No, no, he didn't. What happened was Sodiq didn't get his visa to go over to Fight Island, is what happened. They had. They had an issue with a Nigerian going to uh, Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. I don't know why. I mean, he's, he doesn't have any crimes in his record. I don't know what the fucking big deal is, but um, I want to see Sodiq Yusuf uh, versus uh, Barboza. But um, I like your suggestion. Uh, but Hione is down at Bantamweight now, but it's still, it's still a great fight. I mean, Brazilian on Brazilian crime, you can't go wrong. But what I'm thinking here, like I told y'all, is Barcelos versus Marab. Marab called him out. If that's what you want, that's what you get. Or Barcelos versus Stamen, kind of an entry level to the top 15. Now, to line these fights, Barcelos versus Marab. Even though I personally favor Barcelos, you got to line that fight a fucking pickup. Minus 110 apiece, minus 115 apiece. Both have been super impressive. Great fight. But I do slightly edge Barcelos because I think he can match the wrestling, but then I think he's got edges on the feet in the jiu-jitsu as well. But Barcelos versus Stamen, I'm thinking minus 250 for Hione Barcelo. So uh, that's uh, that's where I stand with that. Let me know what y'all think about those lines. Now, as far as Taha, hey, I'm mostly matching up the winners. But for Taha, I mean, when you put on a fucking show like that, and I saw some people crying about, well, why didn't Glover and Santos get farther than that? Guys, Glover and Santos are getting six figures guaranteed. Let's spread the wealth a little bit. Let's get let's let these guys who are barely five fights into their UFC careers get a nice 50k bonus for once. I'm happy for Barcelos and Taha getting that 50k. And not only that, because I know someone's gonna say, well, it shouldn't be about how much they get paid. It should be about the performance. And I agree, you're right. But the Glover and Santos fight was basically one-sided minus the two moments that Santos had, whereas Barcelos and Taha, I was on the edge of my seat the entire fucking time. You know what I'm saying? So I'm thinking Taha versus Sean O'Malley. Y'all like that fight? Hey, they're going to go out there and bang until one man falls. It's a very exciting fight. No one's going to be shooting for takedowns or any bullshit like that. And I say any bullshit like that with all due respect because you guys know I got a big love for grappling too. But... I know y'all want to see two men stand and bang until one guy falls, and that's exactly what Taha and O'Malley would do. O'Malley needs a rebound. Taha's also coming off a loss. Let's fucking see it. But I would think O'Malley would probably be would probably be lined minus 230 on the opener. So Sean O'Malley versus Kali Taha. That, that's what I'm thinking, guys. What do y'all think? Uh, y'all y'all got a better fight for uh for for Taha, Matt Drucker says Sean O'Malley doesn't accept that fight. Why do you say that? I mean, he accepted a fight with Jose Teco Quinones. I mean, I don't think he's in a position to be picking and choosing right now. To be quite, to be quite frank with you, man, um, he's coming off a loss where he got embarrassed. Let's be a hundred percent with that. So, uh, and Taha just got a fight of the night in a featured bout. So now his name is elevating a little bit. I think that's the fight to make. But like I said. O'Malley minus 230 in that spot. 
Now, Will uh, said, uh, oh, he said he said wrong division, but he said Marab has to be the fight for Barcelos. I like that fight. Listen, unless you want to go separate routes and build them both up to their title shots, you know, get out the stamens, you know, get those guys out the way, give one of them Dominic Cruz. You know what I'm saying? Well, I know my boy Will knows exactly what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, I, listen, in terms of just a competitive, badass top 15 fight, Marab versus Barcelos, you can't go wrong with that. All right. Giga Chikadze. Now, he handled this kid, uh, Simmons. Uh, <laughs> he handled him accordingly. And real quick, shout out to my boy, Mr. Hockey, who hooked me up with the Jamie Simmons footage and let me know that there actually was value on Giga at minus 500 because I was thinking, hey, this guy's a Wisconsin wrestler. This guy's this, this guy's that. When you're talking about that kind of juice, like, you know, what if he gets taken down? And Thank you to Mr. Honky uh, for hooking me up with that footage and letting me know that, hey, Simmons has no business in there with, uh, with a guy like Giga Chikazi. So that minus 500, there was value on that. I mean, he closed like minus 1,000. So I got some options for Giga. But before we do that, my boy Will says, what are your thoughts on Taha's original matchup with Jack Shore? Hey, I, li I like that. I like that fight a lot, you know, because I think that Shore obviously has got the edge on the map, but... You know, unlike the Barcelos fight where like Barcelos can hold his own against a guy like Taha on the feet, I'd actually kind of fear for Jack Shore uh, standing. So I think originally it was probably going to be like a huge line on Jack Shore, just like it always is, man. Like it was going to be like minus 500 for Jack Shore or whatever, because people are thinking one takedown and the fight's over shortly after. But now that, you know, Taha just proved that, hey, I can survive on the mat with a guy like Barcelos. I am improving. I am getting better in every aspect of the game. I think it'd be a little bit closer. So I'm thinking you know, minus 250 to minus 300 for uh for Jack Shore uh, if they were to run it. But yeah, I'd be worried. And if I bet Jack Shore, I'd be sweating every single striking exchange in that fight, man. But back to Giga Chikazi. Will, you brought up Barboza. Now, I know you know where I'm going with this, my man, because I'm thinking Giga Chikazi versus Edson Barboza. Listen, Giga's about to enter the top 15. Barboza's waiting for him at the end of the top 15. You got two strikers. Neither guy's going to go for a takedown. And you got the glory champion in uh, Giga Chikazi taking on the man in Edson Barboza, who's the only guy in UFC history to have won fights by knockout via head kick, body kick, and leg kick knockout. So Edson Barboza, historically one of the best kickers in the history of the sport. I have to fucking see Edson Barbosa versus Giga Chikadze before it's all said and done. Now, don't get me wrong. I still really want to see the Sodik Yusuf versus uh versus Edson Barbosa fight. So if they want to go ahead and make that, I'm down. I love that fight. I have to see that fight. But a part of me really wants to see Chikadze versus Barbosa. Just because you know they're gonna have a dick measuring contest. Let's see, let's see who the better man is. Let's see who kicks harder. Let's see who's got the better chin. Like let's see who can la let's see, let's draw a line in the sand and see who's still standing after the 15 minutes or less are up. So I have to see Barboza versus Chikazi. Now, if they want to go in a different direction, if they want to go ahead and hook up Sodik Yusuf with Barboza. Listen, uh, Chikazi and Jeremy Stevens were talking a little bit of shit. Now, I know my boy Arnold Allens. My boy Arnold Allen has got dibs on the Jeremy Stevens fight, and I think that Arnold Allen would comfortably win a decision there, and I'm down for that. But sometimes plans change. Sometimes things don't go according to plan. Sometimes things uh, you know, that were supposed to happen don't always happen. So if Allen lost his opportunity, which would suck because it wasn't him that pulled out. It was Bar it was uh excuse me, it was Jeremy Stevens that pulled out. Life isn't fair, man. So uh if they want to go ahead and do Giga or Giga Chikazi versus Jeremy Stevens, sign me the fuck up. I think that's a great fight right there. So those are my options. And I'm thinking um I'm thinking Chikazi minus 125 against Barboza, just a slight favorite. And then I'm thinking minus 175 against Stevens. So tell me what y'all think about those odds. And real quick, do me a favor. Uh, go ahead, retweet my tweet and let people know that you're out here hanging out with me. Let's get some more people in this chat. I truly appreciate it. And we're about to do the next matchup real quick. And also, Jamie Simmons. Um, oh, hold on a sec. Matt, are you purposely trying to get all your fucking questions shown on here? Chikazi is a fraud. What? How the fuck is he a fraud, bro? 
He beat Jamal Emers, who clearly has a wrestling advantage. Not only did he beat him, goes out there and sweeps him. Then he took Omar Morales' O away from him. I mean, he went out there against Omar Morales, who was undefeated. He beat him in every area of the game. A fraud in what sense? Because he lost a million years ago to Austin Springer? Those days are long gone, man. you got to respect the evolution in his game. So I wholeheartedly disagree when you call a guy like Giga or Giga. I keep saying his name wrong. When you call a guy like Giga a fraud, no, no, he's not. I mean, unless your standards are so fucking high that, you know what I'm saying, you're calling... uh Hold on one second. That you're calling, you know, guys that are 5-0 and in the UFC on the kind of run he's on a fraud... If he's a fraud, what does that make Jamie Simmons? That, that's my question. If Giga Chikazi is a fraud, then what is Jamie Simmons? You know what I'm saying? If Giga Chikazi is a fraud, then what is Omar Morales? He said he's beating a bunch of fat bantamweights. Omar Morales is a fat bantamweight? He's been fighting at 55 his entire career. Sit the fuck down, young man. Now, uh, so I said Chikazi minus 125 against Barboza. I said minus 175 against Stevens. Simmons, uh... I don't know about Simmons, <laughs> but well, we'd love to have Simmons in the NFC. But Yan Nan, man, you guys know I got a soft spot for my girl, Yan Nan. I mean, you know, ever since that UFC debut against Kylan Curran, where I went out there and Max better. And you could sit here and you could be like, uh, well, it doesn't take a genius to Max better against uh, Kylan Curran. Or, Actually, why don't you guys go back and hear what the fuck other people were saying going into that fight? Because that's that wasn't the tune going into that fight. I mean, for me, it was the tune because me and Shaq, this is back when we were giving out free bets. We gave out the free Max bet. I mean, we invented Max bet season. Go to maxbetseason.com. And uh, people were tailing us for free back then on that Max bet on Yan Zone and against... Uh, against uh, Kylan Curran. So you take it a step further and now it's easy to say, oh, she just beat Kylan Curran. It's like, yeah, well, she was minus 105 against Kylan Curran. If it was such a, you know, hindsight genius play, then how come she wasn't minus 275 in that spot? How come she wasn't minus 500? She was minus 105 against Kylan Curran. But back, back to my point, back then, you know, People were saying shit like, oh, who's this random fighter from China? Because people were really down on the Chinese fighters back then. And they were saying, oh, a female Chinese fighter? Oh, forget about it. Whereas I was saying, dude, she's out here sidekicking these women to the face. She brings a different type of ferocity, a different type of intensity to the table. This girl is legit as fuck. Now she's 6-0 in the UFC. I've cashed on her all six fights. And now she's going out there beating Angela Hill, beating Karolina Kovacavich, and most recently went out there against Claudia Gadelia, the former number one contender, the perennial top five fighter, someone that's been in there with Joanna Young-Jacek twice, and uh, she took her to school. Now, I personally had a 30-27. Listen, I understand why all three judges scored that first round for Claudia Gadelia because she got taken down. You know, she Claudia landed a takedown or two, so, you know, big deal. I, I guess the aesthetics of that, but, like, what I was watching was yeah, Jana was making her work. Yeah, Jana was piecing her up from bottom. Y'all saw those elbows from bottom. Yeah, Jana landed more shots from bottom than Claudia did on top. And then second round starts. You already know what happens when Claudia gets out that first round. She starts doing uh, what we like to refer to as the Nova. And that's when the fighters from Nova and Yao, they turn into uh, walking mummies. You know what I'm saying? And the output just wanes significantly. And that's where my girl, uh, Yan Jana, went out there, teed off on her to a point where the takedowns weren't, uh, weren't coming easy anymore. And I'm so proud of Yan Zhao Nan, you know, someone who doesn't have a wrestling background, doesn't have a jujitsu background. And she was going out there stuffing the takedowns, getting back up from bottom. And, uh, you know, and hold on one second. Interest game says, did Reyes make a mistake fighting uh, Yuri Prohaska next? That's a good question. Well, I'm going to answer that at the end of the show, but I had to, I had to show the fans you asked that question because I think it's a very good question. But back to Yan Zhao Nan, the kind of improvements she's been making in her wrestling defense to be able to keep these fights standing where she's got a massive edge over everyone. It's pretty fucking great to see, man. And now against Claudia Gadelia, who not only has, you know, the accolades in terms of being the former number one contender, she's been in the strawweight division since the beginning, but also she's the first black belt that Yan Xiao Nan's fought. She is a legitimate black belt under Andre Pedineros, who I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he give Jose Aldo his black belt? And, and, you know, all those guys, Leo Santos and Hannon Burrell, all those great fighters. So, And for all you noobs that are going to try to be like, 
Why is he calling Hennon Burrow a great fighter? Guys, I'm not talking about, you know, washed up Hennon Burrow who's at the end of his run. Now I'm talking about back when he was 32 and one and he was a fucking UFC champion. I'm talking about that guy. You guys need to go back and rewatch Hennon Burrow's old fights because that dude, uh, remember when he spinning back kicked Eddie Wyland in the face and then he did that little dance? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about that Hennon Burrow or, or the Brad Pickett fight or as we like to say in Brazil. Brad Pickett, that fucking Brad Pickett fight was one of the best one round fights I've ever seen. Make sure y'all see that. And, and Brad Pickett beat Demetrius uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson, just so y'all know. But anyways, back to Yan Jianan. So I got three options. The first option is if you really want to solidify that you're the number one contender in the division, if you really want to show that, hey, I'm ready to come out here and get this China versus China showdown for the title. I'm talking about Yan Jianan versus Y Li Zhang. You want to go out there and solidify that? No questions asked. How about Joanna Yunjacek versus Yan Zhaonan? Because listen, you want to be the strawweight queen? How about you beat the strawweight queen? You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Joanna Yunjacek has the most title defenses in the history of that weight class. She's got the, if you walk into Joanna Yunjacek's house right now, she has the most strawweight belts out of anyone. More than Rose, more than uh, Carla, more than Wiley. So uh, Joanna, the greatest strawweight of all time. And my girl, Yan Jonan, won't have to worry about being taken down there. But even if she does have to worry about that, you saw how she handled it with, with uh, Claudia, who, by the way, Claudia took down Joanna and had dominant positions with her back in their fight, man. So I have to fucking see Yan Jonan versus Joanna Yan Jacek before it's all said and done. And I got a couple other options, too. If you if you know, if Joanna is taking some time off after that Wiley fight, you know, she's not trying to get back in there too quick. Let's go ahead and fucking see the title fight. I know that Wiley's fighting Rose Nama Yunus, and I know a lot of you guys are fanboys for Rose Nama Yunus. Listen, I think Rose is a great fighter, but let's be 100% honest. Between you and me, guys, Wiley Zhang is beating Rose Nama Yunus. I mean, I'm not even convinced Rose Nama Yunus beat Andrade that second time, but that's a different story for a different time. After Wiley Zhang gets past Rose Nama Yunus, I have to see. Wiley Zhang versus Yan Zhaonan in China, main event, pay-per-view, wake me up at 4 a.m., charge me the full price, I am in. But if they want to kind of take a step back just to kind of, you know, keep her active and, you know, someone else who's got a big name who, who's on a win streak right now is Carla Esparza. And people actually think that'd be a tough matchup for Yan Zhaonan because of the takedown ability of, uh, of Carla Esparza. Let me just tell you guys this right now. Carla Esparza would not sniff a takedown on Yan Zhaonan. I mean, you guys saw how she stuffed uh, Claudia Gadelia. Claudia Gadelia was someone who was out there taking down Carla Esparza. This is not Marina Rodriguez anymore, you guys. Yan Zhaonan is someone who will fight for the title. And I love Marina. That's no disrespect. But you guys see what happens anytime Marina fights a grappler. It's either a draw or a split decision loss. You see what happens anytime Yan Zhaonan fights a grappler. She just beat one of the best black belts in the division. And don't even try me on no Tatiana Suarez bullshit. Tatiana's out the rankings. She's injured. She's inactive. Uh, we think uh, we think uh, Tatiana Suarez needs to take a couple more fights before we consider taking a fight with her. We, th we think uh, we're interested in ranked opponents only. So don't even try me on no Tatiana Suarez shit. It's either Joanna Yunjacek. Wiley Zhang or Carla Esparza next for Yan Zhaonan. So let's line these fights. Joanna versus Yan Zhaonan. Now, I know for my personal line, I, I got Yan Zhaonan minus 225, but I also know that's not realistic. I know Joanna is going to be favored because, you know, she's a strawweight queen. Everyone loves her. Everyone makes up this bullshit story about her beating Wiley Zhang just because they have the dog odds on her when she, she didn't beat shit, guys. She had a fucking thing growing out of her head. You know what I'm saying? But that being said, it would probably be Joanna minus 150 against Wiley Zhang just because of the kind of respect, the accolades, the history she has in, in the division. So I understand it. Joanna minus 150. Wiley, on the other hand, she's the champ. She's a little bit more well-rounded than Anjana just in terms of like we've seen Wiley knock people out, but we've also seen her tap people out too. So Wiley minus 175 against Yanjana. Now Yanjana and Carla Esparza, <laughs> I'm thinking... Uh, I'm thinking uh, Yan Jeanan minus 200 on the opener against Carla Esparza. And if somehow she gets matched up with Rose, I'd see it being kind of like an even, even line because people are fucking in love with Rose to a point. All right. Now, Brendan Allen, you guys already heard, you know, he's fighting Sean Strickland this weekend. I cannot wait to see what the odds are. I'm not going to say what my odds are because 
that would be possibly giving away an edge. But all I got to say is that I'm very excited about Brandon Allen versus Sean Strickland. And if you guys didn't hear, it's going down this weekend at UFC Vegas 14. Now, anyways, Trevin Giles or Trevin Giles, he went out there, he beat Bavon Lewis. And I was saying in my breakdown, if Bavon Lewis is caught up, if he's ready to go against a guy like uh, like Trevin Giles, then he can come out here and win. If not, then Trevin Giles is definitely the guy to come out here and hand him another defeat. And that's exactly what he did. Trevin Giles just wanted it more, man. It really seems to me like that Uriah Hall fight took away all the confidence from Bavon Lewis. I mean, he hasn't been fighting with the same spirit every single fight. I mean, you saw that Darren Stewart fight completely gun shy in that spot. Hey, real quick, Will Martin, if you're still watching this, you want to hop on here with me? I just thought about that. Why don't you send me a, send me a DM real quick. Let's get you in here, man. Cause, uh, I'd love to have you join me, but back, back to this. So, uh, so Trevin Giles, man, he did a good job. He just bullied the kid the entire fight. I mean, it showed that Bavon Lewis has to go see a fucking shrink, man. Bavon Lewis has to, he's got to figure things out upstairs. I mean, he's got the physical tools. He's got the look. He's got the whole, he's got the skill set. It's just after Uriah Hall, you know, I don't like using terms like someone took someone's soul, but would you guys agree with me when I say that? Maybe there's a chance that, uh, that Uriah Hall might have took Bavon Lewis's soul because, like, if you think about it in these terms, guys, like, Bavon Lewis was only like how how he was like five and zero at the time. Uh, he was only five and zero at the time when he fought uh, Uriah Hall. Hold on, I'm I'm sending Will a link real quick. I, I don't know if he's still in here, but if he is, he's more than welcome to join me. All right, just sent it to him. All right, now back to this. So Bavon Lewis was like five and no when he fought Uriah Hall and like Uriah Hall is a fucking guy that's knocked out Gegard Musasi, a guy that's knocked out Jocko, a guy that's knocked out Anderson Silva. Like Uriah Hall is on a completely different level. So it, it was one of those things where we saw the talent of Bavon. We saw the kind of confidence he was fighting with, but, and then you saw him against Uriah Hall. He goes out there, dominates the first two rounds, but he gassed himself out. And then when he got caught with that big shot, I mean, not only did he lose consciousness, but he lost his confidence too, man. And he hasn't been the same since. Even the fight he won against Daquan Townsend, who's like the easiest fight in the division, who went 0-4 in the UFC, it just wasn't the same, man. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, it, it sucks, man. We'd love to have you in the NFC, but confidence is a bitch, man. When you lose your confidence, it's really tough to gain back. So I wish him nothing but the best. But as far as Trevin Giles, so they, I was thinking they, they can match up uh, Brendan Allen and Ian Heinish again, but they're not doing that because uh, Strickland's fighting Brendan Allen. So what about Giles and Heinish? Y'all like that? I think Giles and Heinish is the way to go. I like that fight a lot. And personally, I line Giles and Heinish a pick em. You know, I think that Giles and Heinish, uh, it's really about who's on that night, you know? Maybe a slight lean on Heinish because he's kind of higher up the rankings, but for me... That fight is a dead pick em, and they fight 10 times. I, I think it's a different outcome every single time. So Giles and Heinish, I'd line at minus 110 apiece. Now, do you all agree with that or do you all disagree with that? I mean, do you all think that uh, one of those guys would have a significant edge in that spot there? Or or am I on money when I say that uh, Giles and Heinish would be a dead pick em at minus 110 uh, apiece? So let me know. Uh, let me know what you all think about that. Now, Alexander Romanov, man, I was very happy about this because y'all should have heard some of the bullshit that was going around online uh, from uh, people when talking about the Alexander Romanov fight. They were saying Pezal was a live dog. They were saying, you know, it's like they all it's like they never watched a single De Lima fight in their lives. Guys, when De Lima gets taken down, he gets finished. And I got to give De Lima a lot of credit. You know why, guys? I'll tell you why. He did two things that I did not expect. The first thing he did. He got up from the first takedown. So that right away, I was like, whoa, wow. He got up from the first takedown. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I picked it to be a first-round submission. It was a first-round submission. But breaking down the performance, the fight starts out. Beautiful blast double by Romanov. I'm thinking, oh, fight's over now. Go ahead, schoolyard, headlock this guy, and let's uh, secure this leg of the parlay. And um, uh, Delima gets back up from the first takedown. So I got to give him a lot of credit for that. I did not expect that to happen. Then uh, you know he la- you know he landed a couple hard leg kicks. Listen, uh, Delima's a very hard hitter. We know this. If you stand with Delima, he's going to throw heat. It is what it is. But then we finally got him down again, forearm choke. So I was wrong. I was thinking it was going to be a schoolyard headlock, but it ended up being a forearm choke uh, 
against uh, DeLima. And the second place where I, I was wrong. So the first one was he got up from the first takedown. The second one was I was thinking it was going to be a quick tap. He actually went to sleep. So props to DeLima. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd still be an L on his record if he tapped. But like normally he like quick taps before shit's even locked in here. He, he went to sleep like, like a true warrior. So DeLima got up from the first takedown. He didn't tap when the submission was locked in. Props to DeLima, but it was still a first-round submission for uh, Romanov, as expected. And I already matched him up, like I told y'all. I think uh, him versus Arlovsky, you know, minus 225. But if they don't want to do that, and you guys already know, when you call someone out, oftentimes you get your wish. And he called out Marcin Tybora. I'm down for that fucking fight. They were supposed to fight once. So one of them had to pull out. I believe it was actually Romanov that had to pull out because then you remember it was Tybora versus Maxime Grisham. But let's re let's rebook Romanov versus Tybora. I'm thinking minus 165 for uh, Romanov in that spot. What do y'all think about that? All right. So before we move on, I said Romanov versus Arlovsky, Romanov versus Tybora. Like I said, I got a minus 225 over Arlovsky and I got a minus 165 over uh Tybora and my boy Felipe Fuentes says now is it Fuentes or Fuentes he says that forearm choke was nasty it was nasty bro I mean like first forearm choke in UFC history was really badass to see I'm happy for the guy and, and, and it's cool to see these heavyweights coming out here with like these low percentage unorthodox finishing moves like you saw Juan Espino go out there and um Get the schoolyard headlock. You saw Alexander Romanov coming out here with the forearm choke. So I think it's pretty badass. Julian, what's up, Julian? He says, hey, Dan, silly question. Do you prefer the UFC entrances or Bellator's WWE style entrances with the ramp? I mean, listen, man, I think that they're both fitting for uh, for their respective organizations. You know what I mean? I think that the Bellator one works in Bellator, and I think that the UFC one works in the UFC. I don't have a preference. I, I just kind of feel like if... If UFC kind of tried to do the Bellator one, it, it would kind of not really work out as well. You know what I mean? Um, so I kind of like uh, I kind of like how how they they each have their own vibe going on, man. I think they should keep it that way. So great question, man. It was not a silly question at all. So y'all can start uh, piling up the questions because we're getting towards the end of the show in terms of the matchmaking. I only got three more fights to match, and then I'm gonna do a fan Q and A. So y'all can go ahead ask me anything you want. Literally almost anything you want. I mean, you know, keep it respectful. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to disrespect me, that's fine too. I appreciate you watching. I thank you for the for the view. But go ahead, ask me anything. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, match up the rest of these fights. So Darren Elkins, man, the damage. You did a great job, man. And I got to say, props to anyone that bet Elkins there because Elkins actually turned out to be a bit of a lock, man. Like that was easy work. And actually a lot of people might disagree with this. I was surprised that two judges had the second round for Garagori. Like to me, it seemed like this Garagori would like land a nice shot, but then he'd immediately be taken down and controlled. And man, I actually got a bone to pick with the fight IQ of Garagori. Cause like to me, Garagori would like go out there. He'd land a hard shot. He'd rock Elkins. And then it'd be like, hey, two more of those. You're going to knock this guy out. And then Garagori would initiate the clinch and tie up with him. I was like, oh, my fucking God. If I had money on Garagori or if I know anyone that had money on him, I can imagine them fucking throwing the remote at the TV, doing the whole bit, walking away, just being like, are you fucking serious right now? Because it's like he's like two punches away from knocking him out and instead of separating you know trying to land those shots he goes and initiates the clinch with a guy who's far superior to you in that area but i scored every round for elkins and then he submitted him in the third round great job by elkins so normally i want to uh you know match up darren elkins with like up and coming prospects and normally i do that but actually I thought of a matchup between, you know, two guys who kind of like are known for just like pushing that pace and breaking guys. And I don't know why. I just think this is a really good matchup. So what about Darren Elkins versus Jared Flash Gordon? Not Jared Gooden. Jared's a, Jared Gooden's a 70 pounder. I said Jared Flash Gordon, you know, Bilal's friend. So Darren Elkins, Jared Flash Gordon. I feel like those two would push the pace on each other. It'd be a battle of wills. Who's got more heart? Who wants it more? You know what I'm saying? Or who would land the, the damaging blows? I mean, like the damage Darren Elkins, he gets cut every fight. But uh, with Jared Gordon on the fights he loses, he gets knocked out every fight. So I fucking love that fight. And both guys are relentless. They'll go out there. They're down to get down. They're down to get grimy, dirty and fight to the bitter end. So give me Darren Elkins versus Jared Gordon. I would line it a pick him. 
maybe a slight lean towards Jared Gordon, maybe like minus 115 Jared Gordon, minus 105 Darren Elkins, something like that. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. So Max Griffin, man. He went out there, he beat Ramiz Brachy Mai. And um, so it's interesting because when you watch Ramiz's regional tape, right, and um, you see he goes for takedowns relentlessly every single fight. You shot for zero takedowns in this fight, which was kind of like, yo, like, what, what the fuck, man? Hold on one second. Kevin from Chicago says Elkins versus Cub Swanson. Listen, I like the fight, but. We're saving Cub to build up some of our up-and-coming prospects like Sodiq Yusuf and those guys. So that, that those are the plans we got for, for Cub. And I'm saying it as if I'm the fucking matchmaker. It's my show, so I am the matchmaker, right? But nah, but like, I like that fight, but we got to save him for prospects, you know? Build up the next generation. Back to Max Griffin and Ramiz Brachimaj. So Ramiz is known for going out here and being relentless with the takedown attempts. He didn't shoot a single takedown uh, versus Max Griffin. One of the reasons why was because the footwork of Max Griffin. Max Griffin was switching stances. He was in and out. The footwork was on point. Uh, he was on his bike the entire time. Great job. A great distance by Max Griffin. The second reason was it looked to me like Ramiz ate a fight-changing low blow. And you guys saw he got kicked in the balls. He goes down to his knees. Uh, you know, He starts dry heaving. He starts doing the whole bit. But then he doesn't take his full five minutes. Then he kind of just gets back up like right away. I was like, I was like, dude, like, I know this is your debut. I know you got the weight of the world on your shoulders, but like, take your fucking time. Take the full five, man. Let yourself recover. Like at the end of the day, the fight's still going to continue at the five minute mark. So you should have taken the full five. I, I think that's kind of what affected him because I have a feeling. I mean, look, I could be wrong. He could be a complete fraud, but I have a feeling he's going to perform better his next fight because um, that just. That wasn't the guy I saw on tape. The guy I saw on tape was out there shooting relentless takedowns. So, yeah. But anyways, Max Griffin. So, Johnny Velada says, if Max gets the Condit fight, is that another winnable fight for the Natural Born Killer? So, that's, yeah, I like I like where your head's at, man. That's a great question. Um, I think it might be, actually. I think it might be. You know, I was one of the few that picked uh, Carlos Condit against Court McGee. I know you all remember that. So, um. Yeah, I like that suggestion. Max Griffin versus Carlos Condit. Good idea, man. What I was thinking was, and I know y'all are going to laugh when y'all hear this. Oh, hold on. Before I tell y'all my suggestion, my boy Goldcap says Max Griffin versus Shavkat Rachmanov, the guy that just beat Alex Oliveira. I, li I like that idea too, man. You know, I like that idea a lot as well. So you guys uh, you guys uh, might got to start your own matchmaking show because y'all make some good ones as well. But the fight I had in mind was how about Max Griffin versus the co-main event winner of this weekend's fight between Razak Al-Hassan and Chaos Williams. What do y'all think about that? Because listen, Razak and Chaos, it's going to be Chaos, just to, you know, no pun intended, but Razak and Chaos are probably going to stand and bang in the middle of the octagon until one man is knocked unconscious inside one round. Then after that, it'll probably be a quick turnaround because the only way I see Razak versus Chaos being like a three-round war is if they both empty the clip and then both guys are completely gassed and then it's kind of like, you know, a sloppy slugfest, which I'm cool with too. I'm down with that shit. But with the with the kind of heat that both these guys bring to the table, I don't think it's going past one round, guys. I really think that Razaka and Chaos are going to bang until one guy falls. So, <coughs> excuse me. The winner of uh, Razaka and Chaos, go ahead, go ahead and, and take care of Max Griffin real quick. So, I didn't line it yet just because I got to see how Razak and Chaos perform. But I will say this. I, I do favor Razak and Chaos over uh, Max Griffin as well. Um, and uh, I think it'd be a very exciting fight. What do y'all think? Y'all like it? Uh, I know I like it. All right. Last but not least, uh, Gustavo Lopez went out there and uh, he destroyed uh, he destroyed Anthony Burchek. And man, it was one of those things where... Uh, he dropped him twice standing. Then he took his back, choked him out. So it was nice to see a, a good performance from him, especially like when your UFC debut is against a guy like uh, Marab Dewalishwili, which is like that is such like a like a nightmare UFC debut matchup. So for him to go out there, come back here against Anthony Burchak, UFC vet, and um, get him below the sub five hundred mark because. Um, 
you know, Burchak was a 500 fighter in the UFC. He was two and two coming into the spot. You know, he won, he beat Delano Lopez, beat Joe Soto, but lost to Tomas Almeida and the leg lock guy, uh, Entwistle made his UFC return. And Gustavo Lopez welcomed him back to the UFC in style, man. Uh, Gustavo Lopez absolutely destroyed him, man. So tell me what y'all think about this matchup. What about Gustavo Lopez versus Tony Kelly? Tony Kelly is the guy that just beat Ali Al Casey. Both guys are one and one in the UFC. Both guys like to stand and bang. You know, it'd be an all action fight. Uh, I think it'd be a, I think it'd be a hell of a matchup. So I'm thinking Gustavo Lopez versus Tony Kelly. I'd probably say about minus one thirty five for uh, Tony Kelly. You know what I'm saying? Slight, slight lean towards him, but it, it'd be a great fight. All right, guys. So done with the matchmaking portion. Now we got to get down to the Q and A. So feel free to ask me anything y'all want. Anything. And um, I'll answer most of these questions. Uh, sometimes this is interesting. Like sometimes y'all will ask a question and then it won't appear like on my feed, but then I'll go back and I'll see the replay and then I'll see questions. I didn't even see the first time. So if I don't answer your question, it's not because I'm ignoring you. It's because I probably didn't see it. So just, uh, just keep that in mind. But anyways, let's see. Uh, let's see what kind of shit uh, y'all are talking right now. So. My boy Goldcap says he's got money on Giga Chikazi over both the guys I mentioned. And my boy Warrior says Giga is no fraud. He's legit as fuck. I mean, he's 5-0 and in the UFC. You don't just go 5-0 and in the UFC, especially in a weight class like that, unless you're legit. And I, yeah, I get it. A couple of the guys he fought or whatever. But, like, dude, he beat Jamal Emers. He beat Omar Morales. Uh, now he's calling for a top 15 guy because he wants to prove how legit he is. So I, I think he's very, very legit. All right, let's see. Uh, my boy Will Martin likes the Joanna and Jacek versus Yan Zhaonan suggestion. So uh, I'm glad uh I'm glad someone agrees with me there. Ooh, this is a good question, Matt. Fi finally you got a good question for me. Now I like to bust this kid's balls. He's a longtime fan of the show. Thank you, Matt. Um, so he's asking me, would the Joanna fight be lined differently if it was five rounds? You're referring to Joanna versus uh Yan Zhaonan, right? See, that's a good question right there. I, I favor Yan Zhaonan personally, no matter what. Um, I got her over uh, Joanna and Jacek, whether it's a three-round fight, a five-round fight, a, a no-time-limit valid Tudo fight, or you know, a, a fight in a 7-Eleven parking lot in my backyard, whatever the case may be. I think Yan Zhaonan is winning that fight. So I'm not sure if the line will be drastically different if it was three or five rounds. I just know for me personally, I'd line Yan Zhaonan the favorite. But... I know based off Joanna being the strawweight queen, based on her having the most titles in that weight class's history, based off her name, I still think she'd probably be the favorite. So I was thinking minus 150 for her, you know, something among those lines. All right, let's see what else y'all got for me. Johnny says, on the money, but Vaughn won't be the same fighter again. Man, it's unfortunate. You know, the kid's talented. He's skilled. So I'd like to see him get back in there. Uh, it's like, who do you put Bavon in there with? Like, Matt says Jack Marshman. I like see I like that suggestion, but like what happens if Jack Marshman touches Bavon on the chin? You know, does he does he eat that shot? Like because Bavon, he's got the skills and the talent, he just doesn't have the confidence anymore. So that's gonna be really tough to uh to reclaim, man. All right. Bobby Hooper says, Dan. Ben Tooney said, hop on Call of Duty. I know it's been a while since I've been on Call of Duty, man. I've been busy, but one of these days we'll definitely get back on there and have some fun. Get another dub. You know, we like getting those dubs. Uh, it's, it was fun the time we played, man. So let's make it happen again sometime in the near future. Kevin says, Joe Rogan said Ronda Rousey is the GOAT. I mean, she's the Hoist Gracie of the women's division. You know, she started the whole fucking thing. So you got to give her credit. You know what I'm saying? Intra says Sakai would be my pick to match versus him. Um, versus Romanov or versus Arlo oh he already fought Arlovsky so versus Romanov I, I like I like my suggestions better bro but I'm down with with a Sakai fight as well uh, Kevin says Yaroslav versus Logan Bellator welterweight um, I'm not sure what your question is but I will I'll be watching that fight Matt says will we get another interview with your boy Emmanuel Sanchez he's got a fight this week. Um, yeah, not this week, but in the future for sure. He actually hasn't been doing any interviews. He, his social media got hacked. So he's been kind of like trying to get his passwords back and all that shit. And then also, I'm not sure if y'all heard, but, um, I'm not going to say too much on this, but 
a lot of people left Rufus Sport. So I'm curious. I'm curious what Emmanuel's training situation was like for for this uh, for this fight. Is all is all I'm gonna say. Bobby says he's got Flash Gordon in the Elkins fight that I suggestion that I suggested. Uh, Intrust says he also would lean Gordon. Yeah, me too. Minus one fifteen Gordon, minus one hundred five Elkins. So y'all agree with me there. Um, let's see what else y'all got. Mr. Matchmaker. Julian says, Mr. Matchmaker, would you put TJ? Who would you put TJ the snake up against in his return fight? Great question. Let's pull up the rankings and I'll tell you exactly who. All right. Man, if Marlon Marais didn't just take that brutal loss, I'd kind of want to see that, but not interested anymore. Um, hmm. Good question, man. So there's Corey Sanhagen out there, and that's an interesting fight because Corey Sanhagen kind of was really influenced by TJ Dillashaw and kind of like used some of his style, but kind of brought it to like, you know, it's kind of like TJ 2.0 without the EPO, you know what I'm saying? So I'm down to see Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. I'm down to see, um, you know, Jimmy Rivera and TJ was a fight I always want to see back in the day, but not anymore because I think Jimmy and Song Yadong are actually going to fight. There's Barcelos, there's Marab. There's a lot of options you can do, but the bottom line is I want a tough-ass fight for TJ. I want the toughest possible fight he can have. No tune-ups, no nothing. Get him right in there, throw him into the wolves. like that. That's what I'm thinking for a guy like, uh, like TJ Dillashaw. My boy Will just hit me back. He, he said he was putting his little girl to bed, but he'd love to come on in future episodes. Hell yeah, you're welcome on anytime, Will. Um, family first, my man. All right, so uh, Jack Wagon says, thoughts on Himaya versus Edwards. Let me check what the line is on that fight. I got a lot of thoughts on that. I can't say all my thoughts now. I'll say most of my thoughts for my breakdown, but just know that uh, I love that fucking fight because, okay, it's Himaya minus 170, Edwards plus 140 because a lot of people are saying Himaya's all talk. Himaya fought nobody. Okay, but look how he handled nobody. He fucking ran through nobody. You know what I'm saying? So he wants to fight the top guys. Well, let him fight the top guys because, look, if you guys have an issue with Himaya, well, then you don't have an issue with him fighting number three on planet Earth because if he's really not, if he's not the real deal, if he's some hype job, well, then he's got he's gonna get exposed versus number three. The thing is, I'm not convinced he's some hype job. Like I understand the level of, of competition he's been fighting isn't the best, but like look how he's fucking handled these guys. Like, do you really want to see him fight more fucking unranked guys and just ran, run through them? Let's go ahead and test him. I want to see where he's at right now. I want to know if he's the real deal or not. So I fucking absolutely love this fight, bro, because you have to be a certain level to go out there and beat someone like uh, like Leon Edwards. Like, Not just any bum off the street is going to come out here and beat Leon Edwards. So if Hamayev is the real deal right now, not down the line, not in five years, not in 10 years, not next year, if he is the real deal right fucking now, then he's going to come out here and uh, and uh, and beat him. So that's uh, I, I love the fight, man. Like, great fight. Julian says, Zhang versus Yan. You like that UFC China? You know I fucking like that, man. I mean, that fight, I have to see. Like I told you, dude. I mean, even though it'll probably be at the regular time, if they make that China versus China fight, Wiley Zhang versus Yan Xiaonan for the strawweight title, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. I'm paying the full price. Charge me extra for that shit. Don't put any other fights on the card. Just put that fight, forefront marquee matchup, and I'm paying the whole bit for it. So I'm down. Alex says, "Do you know? Did you know Jared Vandera got his fight against Sergey Spivak? Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Um, Jared Vandera, he's the kid that won that Contender Series fight last week. Um, they matched him up with Sergey Spivak. So, yeah, I, I saw that. Oh, he. Oh, Kevin was saying Yaroslav Rostoli is one of the best high-level fights to make in all of MMA. You think so? Well, I mean, I'm definitely gonna be tuning in. If you're right, well, we'll know right away. So, I." Uh, I saw they got co-main event status over Emmanuel Sanchez, so they better they better be the real fucking deal for for them to get co-main event against. Uh, I mean, over uh, Emmanuel. Matt Drucker says, "Did I hear Marais and Rob Fonka booked?" Yes, I did. It's uh, a good. That's a really good fight, and it's also a tough fight for uh, Rob Font coming off of ACL surgery, but he might have more activity, so maybe it's not a tough fight. Let's see. Goldcap says, "Hard not to fade Randa after the last performance." Any early thoughts on the new chick? Uh, Kanako Murata. Um, my only thoughts were 
she fucking lucked out that uh, she ain't fighting Livia Souza because I was going to bet Livia Souza in that spot at dog odds. Um, but uh, this is a different fight with Marcos. Marcos is kind of like hard to trust, hard to read because she's skilled, but she's got a lot of lapses upstairs. So you don't, you don't really know what to expect from her. Um, and people are making the whole, oh, wins one, loses one, wins one, loses one. It's like now she's lost two in a row. So who the fuck knows? Man? <laughs> but uh, no, nah, it just depends. Like, is Marcos going to do something dumb? Is Marcos going to pull a stun or not? You know, Alex says TJ and Cody, he's not going to 125 still. Yeah, hell no, he's not going to no 125. You saw what happened when he went to 125 against Henry Cejudo. He got knocked the fuck out. Uh, Felipe says, you think they end up finding a late replacement for RDA? Yeah, definitely. Um, I heard a rumor that Ponzinibbio threw his name into the hat. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I hope there is because I've wanted to see that fight for years. So I'm down for that. Kurt Flirt says, that's a terrible matchup for Himayev. He's going to get blown away. Weren't you the guy that was saying that Himayev's stand-up is suspect right before his last fight too? Or was that someone else? But uh, listen, if if it's really a terrible fight for him, we're going to find out right away. Uh, We're going to find out right away what the deal is, man. So I I don't know. Alex says, if Himayev wins, they will say Edwards had ring rust. Yeah, listen. You guys already know the deal. Anytime the stars win, people make excuses for them. And that's just that's just part of success in general. Even in non-fighter terms, you look at baseball players, basketball players, uh, any any sport like baseball for the Dodgers. And props to the Dodgers. They beat uh, my Atlanta Braves, which I got to give them credit. They went out there and they did it. But like if the how the Braves won the World Series, people would say, well, they didn't re- they're not really World Series champions because they won during the shortened season. So People will always try to discredit accomplishments no matter what the case may be. So you just got to ignore the haters and haters will make up bullshit stories. They'll Photoshop pictures. They'll, they'll do the whole bit. They'll do anything uh, to, you know, to make them feel better about their miserable lives. You know what I'm saying? I got haters too. And uh, it's crazy the extents they go to, man. But yeah, I, uh, who gives a fuck what they have to say? All that matters is go in there, cash in and, and take it from there. You know what I'm saying? Felipe says he loves those dog odds on Edwards. Sounds like you're not the only one in the chat that feels that way. A lot of people seem to feel that way. Oh, Alex says, I meant Cody not going to 125. Is that a thing? I don't know. It seemed like he had a weight cutting issue before the fight with Davison. So I haven't heard anything. So we'll see. All right. Intrust. Back to your question earlier. So we said, did Reyes make a mistake of fighting Yuri next? It was either Yuri or Rakic. Um, I don't think... Reyes is really in a position to pick and choose his fights right now, man. He's coming off two straight losses. The last one was a knockout. So he's got to take whatever they can give him. Um, especially when, when you had the kind of fight he had with John Jones, where a lot of people acted like he won. I wasn't one of those people, but a lot of people acted like he won. Well, now you got to fight t- a tough competition. And Yuri's only one to know in the UFC. So technically, this is a step down in competition, right? And uh, they both beat uh, Volkan Uzdemir. So, you know, I, I got to see it, man. Kurt says, Himayev is not winning. He's so he's so dead set on that. Well, listen, put your money where your mouth is. That's really all I got to say about that. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. That's that's the beauty of betting. You get to you get to uh, if you're right, you can cash out. You know what I'm saying? All right. Any other questions before I get out of here, guys? Uh, last call for questions. Julian says, how good would Nemkov from Bellator be in the UFC? Beating Bader was impressive. He'd be very good. Oh, man. Could you imagine what happens if they fucking put Corey Anderson in there with Nemkov? <laughs> I heard some people online talking about how Corey would win that fight. Like, guys, like Jonah Hill, cut, cut. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, Nemkov, uh, he's a kid. He's the real deal. And Corey Anderson, Corey Anderson was making these quotes about, well, firstly, Corey Anderson was saying a bunch of dumbass shit while he was in the UFC about how he didn't get any opportunities. You know what I'm saying? It's like, bro, you fought Jan Blahovich your last fucking fight. You got knocked out in the first round. What the fuck are you talking about? Had you won that fight, you would have went on to fight John Jones, but you didn't. You got laid out in the center of the cage like you have four or five other times. So Corey Anderson's a crybaby. And then you look at his fight with Manhoff. He goes to the post-fight press conference talking about how, well, in Bellator, there are no rankings. You just have to perform to move up. It's like, Corey, you fought a 44-year-old who's a former welterweight at 205 who's like five six what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> you know alex weber says ariel and dc want Corey to take on nemkov next i don't think bellator will do that to Corey so fast well at least my boy alex knows what the deal is hey listen i'm down to see that. i'm down to i'm down to max bed nemkov in that spot if they really want to go there 
Jack says is Chandler worthy of top five? He's worthy of a top five opponent just because of his name, but is he worthy of a top five ranking? He's got to earn it first. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, let's throw him in there with a top five guy. Let's see if he's top five or not. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the beauty of this game. We get to find out if they're for real or not. Fuck all the talk. Put him in there in the octagon, lock up the cage, and see if he's the real deal or not. So I know I got my opinions about where he stacks, but I, I got to you know capitalize on the hype, on the odds, and take it from there. So fantastic question. Daniel says Corey over Nemkov. They must have not watched Nemkov fight. Oh, hey, listen, this is good. This is good. We got people picking Corey. So this is what we need because when I when I go out there and I max bet Nemkov against Corey, I, I can't have Nemkov be minus 500. I need I need some good odds. So we need people to be on the Corey side. So I'm glad that we're, that I'm not, you know, I'm glad that, you know, we're not all on Nemkov here and that someone actually gets to go out here and bet Corey too. This is the beautiful thing about this, that, you know, I'm not going to be deleting episodes or any shit. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, make a clip about how I was picking Nemkov over Corey if Corey wins. Who gives a fuck? But Nemkov would lay Corey out stiff on the canvas, and that's just the bottom line, my friend. <laughs> Felipe says, thanks for the stream. Hey, thank you for tuning into the stream. I appreciate it, man. Alex says, first time tuning in. Good show. Till next time. Hey, Alex. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and that like button. I truly appreciate it, man. Oh, my bad, Dan. I was talking a little shit. You said, no, I am picking them, Cobb. Okay. Well, it was a little confusing the way you worded it earlier, but hey, glad we're on the same side there. So let's fucking cash. And hopefully some people are on Corey so we can get those good odds I was talking about. But anyways, if those are your last questions, I truly, truly appreciate everybody joining me on this special edition. There's two shows of After the Battle and BFE Matchmaking. So make sure you all follow me at Best Five Picks. Uh, go to bestfightpicks.com for the play. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, all the places where we are available. Shaq and I will be back later this week to break down the upcoming UFC card. RDA versus TBA, whoever that may be. And also, guys, remember to go to manscaped.com and use that promo code BATTLE20, all caps, BATTLE20, for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And just remember, you do that, you send me a screenshot that you use the promo code BATTLE20, and I will match it with the Best Fight Picks package. So thank you guys again. Thank you, Daniel. Let's cash these bets. Thank you, Matt. Have a good night. You have a good night as well. One more thing. Anton says, all these weights are waiting out 33-year-old Barcelos. Hey, that's a good point, man. That's smart. Like, now, I don't want to fight Barcelos now. Let's wait until he's 37 years old. You know what I'm saying? Let's wait until he slows down. I like it, bro. My boy, Kurt, see you, man. Peace, peace. Appreciate you guys. All right, I'm heading out. Thank you guys so much. We'll speak soon. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.